What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. America, hey, how are you doing? Let me introduce myself. I am Dr. Bruce Grossinger, your host of Bruce the Sports Doc, premiering live now on Voice America Sports. I come to you from the land of the midnight cheesesteak, where the most passionate fans in the world live and fight. I come live from the city of brotherly love, along with your sports director and my dear friend, Mr. Ray Ellis, who played for the legendary Buddy Ryan. Good afternoon, Ray. How you doing there, Doc? I'm doing very well. Good. Listen, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure, Ray. I've been a practicing neurologist for over 20 years and have played sports at all levels except one level, Ray, the professional level. And I'm actually a walking encyclopedia of sports injuries. I've had ice hockey-induced fractures. My face has been reconstructed by hockey pucks. I've had uh, torn Achilles, ankle and finger injuries. In fact, when Donovan McNabb had his sports hernia, I could have taught him a thing or two because I've had some travails as a weekend warrior. Though my real passion involves the diagnosis and treatment of concussions and other spinal injuries. On my show, you're going to experience literally what happens when sports and medicine collide. And I'm going to bring you the finest interviews from professional athletes in the four major sports, both active and retired. I'm also going to bring you opinions of sports med gurus. In a few minutes, you will hear the inspiring words of NBA legend Bo Kimball, who will share his memories of his dear friend Hank Gathers and discuss the foundation in Hank's memory. I want to thank you, Ray Ellis, for helping me to continue to celebrate the life of David Dorsett. As you know, Dave heroically donated his brain to science. Convinced that he was losing his mind, he committed suicide by shooting himself in such a way that his brain would tell the story of the numerous hits that he suffered while playing for the Super Bowl champ, Chicago Bears. This was a sentinel week uh, across the country because Boston University announced his brain pathology and that Dave had clear and convincing signs of CTE. CTE is chronic progressive neurological disorder, which caused it to lose his memory, lose his impulse control, 
And he fell into a hopeless despair. And it was so sad that he took his own life. Ray, you worked with Dave Dewerson right on these airwaves. And it's certainly my pleasure to have you share a few thoughts and memories of Dave at this time. Well, Doc, I appreciate the opportunity to do that. And, and I think, in Dave's honor, one thing that I'm going to say is that uh, uh, that daggone Buddy Ryan's name, of which you mentioned, <laughs> that I played for, I'd much rather say I played for the legendary Dick Vermeil than, than Buddy Ryan. But anyway, uh, Dave and I, of course, worked uh, worked together uh, You know, here at, uh, at Voice America. Dave hosted a show with us, uh, Double Time with Double D. Um, at at noon on uh, I believe it was on Thursdays and uh, noon Pacific time and uh, it was it was just a great time you know Dave was a a young man that I admired uh, he was a couple years younger than than myself but I I, I often teased him that um, hell I couldn't make uh, the All Pro team or or the Pro Bowl because uh, if he and Todd weren't um, um, one of them would be elected instead of me. And he, of course, uh, Todd Bell being my former teammate at, uh, at Ohio State University. But those two men shared and held that position down as the strong safeties uh, in the Pro Bowl representing the NFC and uh, prevented me from doing so. But, but as I tell people, Dave was much more than, uh, than just a, a football player. He was a man that was celebrated in both uh, what he did on the field and off the field, uh, very successful in um, his time um, on the field with the Chicago Bears and then, of course, with the Giants, uh, winning the Super Bowl ring with the Giants as well. And, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, adjusted to the transition, was very successful um, in his uh, privately owned uh, businesses. Um, you know, and, and at the end, uh, things became... Uh, somewhat difficult and challenging to Dave, and uh, uh, he knowing uh, his God-given abilities and uh, the type of uh, intellectual uh, capacity that he had uh, when it uh, got to the point where uh, he could no longer rely on that and things just were not functioning in a way of which um, he was accustomed to them functioning, um, Dave started questioning, and, and, and Dave being the person he was, in fact, Dave sat on the committee, uh, responsible uh, for long-term disability um, uh, 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 just, um, uh, disbursements for uh, for former players, and uh, so he was aware of of these type of uh, conditions, and uh, felt as if, from what he had heard, that uh, that he perhaps maybe has some of those symptoms, and it got to the point where where I think that they uh, they um, he was just overcome with. Um, you know, a lack of discretion and 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 being able to make the uh, the kinds of decisions of which um, could have perhaps maybe prolonged his life. But that's where I'm going to have to turn it over to you, Doc, because uh, you know I think the way Dave tragically took his life was because of the information that he had uh, at the time was that there was not a way and is not a way to truly diagnose. Uh, this thing that's become known as CTE amongst uh, NFL players and even some hockey players um, until one has, um, you know, expired and, and is deceased. And with that being the case, um, uh, you know, Dave and, and his uh, last hours on this earth, I'm sure struggling, um, uh, made a decision to, to take his life. But certainly uh, it was confirmed here recently uh, that indeed, um, the appearance of CTE was there 
um, the, the, the examining, examination of his brain uh, was completed, and, and those, uh, that research showed that indeed it was there. And so, Doc, that's where it now turns over to the hands of people such as yourself and uh, just curious to know that now that that is, and I think of, and I may be wrong, don't quote me on this one, but I think out of the nine brains, out of the ten brains that have been uh, examined uh, from football players at least, I think nine of them have come back. And I've always said that, uh, you know, it's, you know, in terms of what happened to uh, three people here uh, in the last, you know, decade or so, that I've known personally and had conversations with Andre Waters is one of my best dear friends. I'm looking at his picture now in my office. Uh, Dave Dorsen, of course, uh, you know, took his life. And Dave, one of my good, you know, good dear friends and fraternity brothers um, as well. And then I, I got to know Mike Webster a little bit as, you know, as uh, his time was, uh, again, um, you know, coming upon his decision to, to take his life. And then accidentally, uh, John Grimsley is uh, from my hometown of Canton, Ohio, attended the high school I did at Canton McKinley High School, and I played ball with his family members. So there's there's four people of which all four of those people, uh, their brains have been examined, and they had signs of CTE. So uh, my question would be to you, Doc, and, and going forward, now that they have this type of information, uh, can the league, the NFL, can they deny it any longer? You know, can the doctors that are... Uh, working um, in this capacity to try to um, share information in terms of what possibly can happen to prevent these things. Can can they turn, um, you know, can they you know turn a blind eye and, and and not participate to find a solution? I'm curious as to what are some of the next steps in the medical industry to help, uh, you know, these things uh, from or prevent these things from happening with with men taking their lives. Well, Ray, um, you bring up a lot of points. Um, when we spoke last, I told you something that I think shocked you to the core, that we attended a medical conference at a large university, and one of the doctors there said, show of hands, how many people believe that CTE exists? And, uh, and I was the only one in the room that raised my hand, and that was about a month ago. Now, what this proves is there are certain areas, politics and money really still play into certain decisions and certain opinions. Where I was, was a place that is very close with the league itself, with the NFL, and they get direct referrals. And if there was, if there was widespread recognition that sub-concussive hits and concussions gave rise to a terminal disease, that, which, which I believe is going to be indisputable, and, this, and Dave Dorson I believe this is a sentinel moment that nobody could ignore. And it's ironic that Dave, you know, it's just this whole thing, I, I, just, I just can't believe that people are denying uh, the CTE despite the fact that 9 out of 10 of those brains show classic signs. And another thing, with Dave's brain, it didn't show anything else at all. I mean, it, it, was, it was perfect other than the CTE. There was no, there was no strokes, there was no brain tumors, there's nothing. And so Dave had a, had a pure form of CTE. And again, we, we talked before about boxers who suffer from CTE. Muhammad Ali is certainly the famous boxer who ever lived. And for some reason, boxers tend to live longer with CTE, and they tend to get the Parkinson's disease, whereas a lot of the football players, they tend to be more uh, overcome by a psychiatric illness, deep depression, 
and it's it's sad and scary, you know, that that they don't live as long. They they average living it, around fifty. Uh, Andre Waters took his life. I believe he's around forty-five. Dave, uh, Mike Webster was fifty. And Dave was fifty. So we're not sure exactly why that the boxers' brains are affected a little differently. Although they do have a lot of the same neuropathology. When, when I sent you the slides, I know you're fascinated because I sh- I actually showed you the slides, and you were able to see the brown tau tau protein deposits, and you were able to look at the brains. And we looked at brains of 50-year-old football players, and they looked like 80-year-old brains. And um, as you noted, there is no blood test for CTE. There's no test at all except for actually, you know, the, the pathology of the brains. So that's really the limiting thing. And, and through medicine and myself as a neurologist and a brain doctor, we want to collaborate with, with other doctors, trainers, and interfacing, you know, with teams at all levels, at the high school level, college level, professional level, because our understanding of concussion is in its infancy, and our ability to treat concussion is is very is minimal. You know? and uh, it's much like sore throat before the advent of antibiotics. You know, people people died of sore throats. So I'm very excited to be able to have this bully pulpit here, this show, to be able to interview and interface with other doctors, with, with a lot of your friends in the NFL, with my friends. In, you know, I'm a hockey player, so I'm, I'm not a professional hockey player, but I interface with, with different people, uh, including Keith Primo and Kerry Goulet in Toronto. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make all sports safer. We're not telling people they shouldn't play football or they shouldn't play sports, but we want to improve the equipment. We want to improve the recognition of concussions. And overall, we want to improve how we treat concussions from impact all the way to recovery and return to exertion and return to play on the field. Hey, Doc, I'm not sure if we got to take a break here uh, pretty soon or not, but if we do, certainly what I want to do on the other side, if we can, is perhaps maybe have you explain to me, as well as those out there, um, you know, signs of a concussion. Because I think many times there are kids that are going, uh, being misdiagnosed by the trainers, the doctors, and even family members because we don't know what the signs are when someone perhaps maybe has suffered a concussion from, you know, playing a game of football or even hockey. Yeah, I'd definitely like to talk about those signs, get into a bit of the statistics, and also talk about the diversity of concussions. And then in, our, in the last part of that second segment with you, I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts about the CBA. And I, it, it, we spoke about it last night. You know, one thing I want to tell the audience is um, if you're going to do your fr- first show on radio, Ray Ellis is the guy you want to have on there because he's just the most fascinating person. And, and Ray and I literally could talk for hours at a time. And it's, uh, I'm so glad that he helped me participate in, in this first show. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. We're here at Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm here with Ray Ellis. And uh, as we talked about in the lead-in, we're going to talk a little bit about concussions. Concussions are a big problem because there's so many of them. There are actually 3.8 million concussions per year. And 75% of those concussions occur in practice. Ray, you might remember during your training periods at high school and college, do you remember certain drills that you might have found to be particularly dangerous? Yeah, there were num- there were a number of uh, drills, Doc, that that uh, that you participated in, in in Pop even Pop Warner. I didn't play Pop Warner, but I've I've, I've witnessed it. And one is bull in the ring. You know, you'll you'll be one guy, and he'll be surrounded uh, literally by by different teammates and everybody's running in place and he's running in place and he's spinning around and and then the coach will call out a number and then they go and they they butt heads i mean they really do that i mean uh, there's another drill where you know guys are laying down on the ground and you throw one guy the ball and they get up and you run and you tackle each other and again these, these are all drills these are two drills in particular that i mentioned that there's a lot of contact head-to-head contact and one thing that I noticed a lot about when I was a kid playing football is one of the first things that starts happening to you is, you know, when you're making contact is you, your neck always hurts, you know, and, and it's coming from the contact of helmet to helmet. It's not that you're getting hit in your neck. It's that the, the, the strength of the neck 
is, you know, being weakened, I believe, by the blows to the head. So people always got, you know, real bad uh, neck injuries, and, and we're always trying to get a massage and get, them, get, get it rubbed down. But there is a lot. I mean, nowadays they're trying to cut back on the contact. Uh, and the only thing about that, when you cut back on contact and, and you're not tackling, then the fundamentals are being compromised. So I think what needs to happen is there needs to be more time spent on tackling, but a new way of, of tackling, you know, and a way of which, again, I, I was always taught. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share this with you on your show. I may have shared it several times on my show, but I want anybody and everybody that I've ever come in contact with um, to know this. Uh, I, of course, attended Ohio State University, and I, and I tell people I had some of the greatest coaching in my life. It first started off at Canton McKinley High School where uh, Chuck Knox's brother, Bill Knox, was my secondary coach. So I'm getting, you know, tutelage from a guy who's getting tutelage from his brother who's a head coach of the Seattle Seahawks in the National Football League when I'm in high school. So it certainly helped me as I got older. But when I got to college and I played ball at Ohio State, um, the year after Coach Hayes got fired, and that's Woody Hayes, uh, we brought in a new coach, head coach, and his name was Earl Bruce. Earl brought in a secondary coach by the name of, of Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, of course, was the legendary coach at USC who is now coaching those Seattle. Seahawks. Well, Pete, in his tackling drills, Pete, before we went out on the field, he showed us a film to, so we would know exactly what he was looking for. And when Pete showed us this film, he emphasized the tackle that he wanted us to make as secondary people, not linebackers, not defensive linemen, but secondary people, was a tackle where you hit the man in the face which is helmet to helmet. If you hit him any place else, I don't care if you made him fumble, if you made him flip, if you knocked him out, if you hit him in the gut, you knocked the wind out of him, if you did not hit him face to face, that's not the tackle that Pete's looking for. Pete was uh, a very animated person, very aggressive, and he wanted you to put the fear of God in those receivers and those running backs. So that's the way I was taught to hit a person face to face. And, and, and those, again, are those blows that go head-to-head, of uh, which I'm sure uh, is the type of things that lead to this deadly disease that we're talking about today, uh, CTE. So it comes from a practice of which is taught by the coaches. So, yes, I participated in many drills that got me to the point where I learned to master this technique of hitting someone in the face whenever that opportunity arose because you can't be a fearful one. You, you have to have some courage and some gonads to do this. But when you get that shot, it's one you never forget in the rest of your life. And when you're on the other side of that shot, when you wake up, you don't ever forget that shot either. <laughs> I kind of share and, that and with And it's me. interesting, uh, Ray, it's, it's interesting too that, that that was a culture. That's how you were taught. So we can't really fault people in the league you know you're very competitive to get to the nfl in itself is very difficult and to play in ohio state which is a sports factory which is which is a direct feeder to the nfl that's the way you're taught and it's much like uh in golf tiger woods it's hard for him to change the swing because he does things the way he does golf players don't want to you know change from spikes to soft shoe to soft shoes because they're so used to it so how hard would it be to take somebody who's gotten their success by doing head-to-head, facial contact? Also, when, when players' heads are turned, those are some of the most severe injuries. 
In okay. fact, with, Sid, with Sidney Crosby, who's still out, the best player in the world, the reason he had his concussion, and I analyzed that with Kerry Goulet in Toronto, was that his head was turned, and it's much like in boxing. Boxers are taught, if you want to knock somebody else, you spin the head. When the head spins, it creates angular acceleration, and when, it's a, when the head is neutral, we call that linear acceleration. So what you really were learning is, is, how, to, is, is, is how to knock people out. And again, uh, we, ha- we have to change the culture. You know, it's going to be hard in the NFL to change the culture. We want to start at the high school, certainly at the, at the Pop Warner and high school level. And, and as those people continue, we teach the, the right tackling techniques. And there are certain places. There's a gentleman named Bobby Hosea out in California who, who runs a tackling center to try to minimize head-to-head contact. So I think that it's all part of it. It's the, uh, it's the training of the tackling. It's the culture. It's the idea of people who have concussions who sometimes are told that they shouldn't, uh, that they got their bell rung and that they shouldn't come out of the game. And even the parents and the coaches, and, and we have to go against that. And um, we, we don't think that people should stop playing football, but – there's so many different factors that, that really lead into concussions. One thing we talked about was how no two concussions are exactly the same. So when somebody comes off the field and a doctor, you know, a doctor says, looks at him and says, uh, this is going to be a two-week concussion, this is a four-week, there's no, there's no real way to say that. And if you, you do say that, you're not really being intelligent about it. And further, when you get hit and you get knocked out, the uh, and if you get knocked out, because some concussions don't even involve loss of consciousness. Some of the worst concussions that we see in my neurology practice involve patients that have bad migraine headaches. They come off the field and they're seeing purple streaks. They are seeing double. They're, the light and sound bothers their eyes. So in many ways, it's just like having a migraine headache. And when you talk to them, they are slow. Their reaction time is slow and they feel foggy. So all concussions are not associated with uh, loss of consciousness. And, Doc, I think that's important for you to share with the audience. And, and I wish it was something that perhaps maybe somebody in the medical profession would have shared with me years ago because I certainly was not uh, aware of that. You know, and there is a state of you find yourself in a, in a state of dizziness. You know, you're a little wobbly, you know. Uh, but, but I'm from a generation of, of, of sports, and it continues to this day. So I don't want to say that the culture's changed as of yet. But young men are taught to suck it up. You know, no pain, no gain. That still exists in football today. And, but you're exactly right. It's got to change at the early stages of this game as you're being taught. It has to start in Pop Warner. You know, what, what Commissioner Goodell is trying to do by taking money away from these players and the current NFL um, league as we see it today, that is saying to you, listen, I'm going to take from you 10000 15000 $50,000 for these violent hits until you get it right. Well, 
in some cases that that does work but but you're also uh correct in saying that listen this is something a person's been taught over the years and it becomes habit forming so it's not something they can automatically just turn it off or turn it on when they want to particularly if they're one that's fundamentally sound and and believes that once they've been taught the fundamentals of the game and they believe in them and they buy into them then that becomes second nature it's like the subconscious mind takes over and they themselves are not consciously doing it but subconsciously because of the repetitions you know they've gone through day after day week after week year after year when it comes time to tackle somebody that's just the way they've been programmed but certainly uh, it's going to change. It will change. And, and a lot of it has to do, you mentioned equipment. I will share, share this with you. One reason why I can say that I was a very violent football player is because I felt invincible with the equipment I had on. If you look on my show page, you'll see I've got a pretty nice size helmet. I've got some pretty nice size shoulder pads. I've got elbow pads on my arm. I've got a neck rolled around my neck. I felt as if I was not going to be the one on the receiving end of the pain. I was going to deliver the pain to other people because I had all this protective gear on. So it's you want to make the equipment safer, but you also want to emphasize to the person, even though the equipment is safe, we don't want you to abuse uh, the fact that, yeah, you can hit somebody pretty hard because you've got this great equipment. We want to change the culture and, and their mindset, and it doesn't have to be a violent game anymore. Let's just make it a game where you can tackle because those people like myself who played this game, you got the Ronnie Lyons, the Kenny Easy, the Todd Bells, the Dave Dorsons, um, you know, the Mark Kelsos uh, of the world. Uh, yes, we were taught to be very violent in this game, but somebody, the coaches today, will have to say, you don't have to hit, just make a tackle. You don't have to hit and knock somebody out, just get them on the ground and make a tackle. Well, Ray, I'll tell you, when I saw your picture on this website, it looked like you should have been in the movie Spartacus, because you are gilded up with the helmet and the shoulder pads, and and I remember that. I remember sitting in Veterans Stadium, you know, with all the rats there and everything, (laughs) and, uh, and I just remember those times. I believe we're, we're up against a break now. And, uh, Ray Ellis, I want to thank you so much for your time on Bruce the Sports Doc. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports dr bruce grossinger is a board certified neurologist and managing partner of grossinger neuropain specialist serving the philadelphia and wilmington delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine pain management interventional spinal surgeries and occupational medicine dr bruce is the director of the national sports concussion program and works as a senior medical advisor for the national high school coaches association we're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries this involves education of athletes parents trainers coaches and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610 521 
888-346-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. This is Dr. Bruce Grossinger at Voice America. We're here at the St. George Golf Tournament with Bo Kimball. Bo is a, uh, is a legendary basketball player here in Philadelphia, a wonderful guy. And, uh, and Bo really uh, has represented uh, a certain cause with respect to cardiac conditions and sudden death in sports. And I know Bo is, would, would like to speak a bit to the listeners. And Bo, firstly, welcome to the show. Thank you, my pleasure. And we had a great time uh, playing golf today. Tell, tell us about how your golf was today. Well, um, my golf was great. I uh, had more laughs than uh, great shots, but that's what it's all about. And, and more importantly, you're supporting a great cause uh, today. And uh, it's always good to meet good people and, and support a, a great cause. That, that's definitely true. And... Uh, Tell us a bit about your foundation and about um, uh, Hank Gathers, and, and certainly there's a uh, story that's well known to our listeners, but I think uh, we'd love to hear you talk about it because it's so important to you. Well, Hank Gathers was uh, my teammate at Loyola Marymount University, and um, unfortunately uh, Hank died of uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, uh, which is an enlarged heart. And uh, unfortunately, two years ago, the same thing happened to a gentleman, Robert Carter, in a game I was playing in. And I uh, just felt compelled to do something, uh, to turn something uh, negative into something positive. And uh, that was my calling to form the, to, co- to be the co-founder of 44 for Life Foundation, which is um, our mission is to uh, prevent what happened to Hank Gathers and Wes Leonard out of Michigan uh, and test. Uh, kids with uh, electrocardiogram screening, ectocardiogram screening, and uh, really just play, educate the public about how important it is, donate defibrillators, CPR training, and I'm very proud to be able to, to use my celebrity as a vehicle to help other people and avoid what happened to those uh, great gentlemen that I was uh, blessed to, uh, in Hank Gather's case, uh, to know. I, uh, I recall that you really honored Hank when, when you shot the, the free throw uh, left-handed, could, could you share? That, that was a very special time for you, and I, it, was in, uh, it was a beautiful honor. Could, could you, um, you know, let's talk about that a bit. Yes, uh, Hank Gathers uh, 
was uh, worked so hard on being a great free throw shooter that uh, he was so bad with his technique and his form as a right-hander that uh, I witnessed a, a in high school and, and all throughout Loyola Marymount playing 11 years with Hank uh, worked to be better and he really was horrible and uh, but I respected that effort um, that effort I saw uh, the work he put in and uh, when he died I wanted to there was no better way for me to honor him than to shoot the very first free throw of every NCAA tournament uh, at Loyola Marymount in 1990 left handed to honor that effort and uh, so I did that and uh, they they went in uh, most of the shots uh, I'm a right hander so I took the shots to honor him uh, I didn't care if the shots went in but they all went in all three of the shots in each uh, tournament game uh, went in and uh, it was a very special moment not only for me but it was shared by the world who knew with um, what it was all about and Hank was really a very special person not only uh, as an athlete uh, he was a very special person uh, off the court as well are, th- are there some signs that uh, the basketball players could look for or is it is it obviously there that there are people that are really tall tend to have certain defects of the heart so so do you think that the the, the height of the players and and the nature of basketball is more likely to run into this problem well, um, the uh, w- what they're experiencing is very undiagnosed, unfortunately. Um, but people will tell you statistically that uh, it's not a big issue, and they'll give you statistics that will say it's not uh, a big medical concern. But uh, Wes Leonard, 16 years old, did not know he had the condition. He died uh, 21 years to the day that Hank Gathers died uh, this year, March uh, 3rd, he died. And uh, that particular week there were seven kids that died that was under the age 16 so if you want to talk statistics we'll tell that to West Leonard's family who is one of those uh, families inflicted, uh, affected by this condition so uh, what we do at uh, 44 for Life Foundation is to educate the public about how important it is it's the number one killer in the world sudden cardiac arrest and uh, our, ro- our foundation is going to play a role in educating the public about what the signs are the fact that we are going to screen these children and uh, we will catch the condition. So if it's a cardiac, uh, if it's a cardiac, if you're at cardiac risk, we're going to catch it with the testing that we're going to provide. Um, are we talking uh, at what age? Uh, I know the listeners are going to want to are very interested in this. And like you say, even though something isn't statistically a, a large number, when something involves dying suddenly, it's such a catastrophic type of illness that it makes it very important, and you, and you alluded to that. When um, to, could you give me a sense for when they are uh, starting to test the kids with with EKGs and echocardiograms? Would this be in high school, junior high, or younger? Or what? what it, when are they screening the kids now? Well, is unfortunately uh, there's no study in the United States that can identify that, which is why Forty Four for Life is. Of being proactive and, and setting out the first study, uh, we within the uh, coming months and years will be uh, the first study of its kind, and all the questions that you are asking today will be identified through our study. So there are age group specific um, that will this testing will uh, prevail, and but it will change the the medical community that once we have the data 
from all the testing of these uh, kids, uh, then uh, there won't be any more. Uh, we'll minimize at least and identify a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy as well as sudden cardiac arrest and the cause of it. And, uh, and kids that are at risk will know what those symptoms look like from all our data. So that's what I'm very uh, proud to be uh, leading the way to do with the foundation. You know, I could draw an analogy really between concussion. As you know, I'm a, a, a brain injury doctor, and a lot of our discussion here at Voice America Sports deals with concussion and brain injury. A lot of the people we interact with are in the NFL and the NHL, some degree in the basketball field. But it's kind of exciting for us to try to change the culture of it, to try to make sure that when, when patients have concussions, that they're not just sent right back into the game. And a lot of times trainers and doctors they don't have the data just like hypertrophic cardiomyopathy we don't have the data we can't say you absolutely can't do it so we have to be a little bit intuitive with it and frankly it also costs money only 40 percent of high school football teams have athletic trainers they and that's that was shocking to me so it's very similar and so what we're trying to do is we're pushing and it costs money the same thing we're pushing for there to be trainers on the sidelines of the football games and likewise, you know, it's not a very expensive test to do a cardiogram or to look at an echocardiogram. It's a non-invasive test. It doesn't have, there's no radiation. And when you can see that, that a heart is enlarged and you can see that there's trouble with cardiac outflow, that put, put that person at risk. And there are even medications that can minimize the chance of sudden cardiac death. So I think it's so exciting to, that you're part of this and that we're able to promote this cause through our, through our certainly through Voice America and if our listening audience wanted to get involved with your charity um, is there a website or could you tell us how we could um, get involved yes thank you uh, the name of the company again is uh, 44 for life foundation and our website is the number 44 for life.org so 44forlife.org that you can find out all about our uh, organization. We're 501c3 um, and without fundraising and donations uh, it can help by donations and support it can help celebrate all of our efforts in saving lives. Well that's wonderful. Uh, uh, Bo Kimball, I wanted to thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes to, uh, to share with me. I know that we are going to be collaborating as we talked about later in the year with some golf tournaments here in the Philadelphia area and in the Northeast in general and uh, through the National High School Coaches Association and also collaborating with the National Sports Concussion Program. So certainly uh, on behalf of uh, Voice America Sports, it's Dr. Bruce Grossinger signing off here. Thanks so much to Mr. Bo Kimball. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal 
injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Tired of the same mundane talk radio show, boring opinions, and people not knowing or telling the truth? Tune into The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. This show is brought to you by two men who know the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional sports. Josh and Otis's experience and careers in the NFL give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion. Tune into the Voice America Sports Channel Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. It's more than sports talk. It's a way of life. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the last segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We want to thank Bo Kimball. That was uh, tremendous talking to him. And his foundation, again, is 44 for Life. And he gave you the website where you could log in. And uh, we want you to give generously because nothing worse than dying suddenly. That's, that's a bad thing to happen. And uh, Bo is actually going to see that for us golfers, there's a lot of sudden death on the golf course, especially uh, knowing the travails of that particular sport. So literally, Bo is making provisions that every golf course, excuse me, every golf cart in the United States will be fit with defibrillators, and that'll be a great thing. And Bo will be joining us uh, later in the series. For this last segment, uh, we're going to do what we call lightening up with Al. Uh, people who know me here in the Philadelphia area know me as a uh, some type of an improv comedian. They know me as a light guy. We we try to be serious, but there are times when we like to have fun, and it also helps people that are in pain. A lot of times people come to our office, and the only time they get to smile is when, when we do silly things here or when we serve them free food. But in any event, Al Zafiri is our uh, chief medical assistant. He, he serves many roles here, uh, many nicknames also. Some people think of him as the master of disaster. He's known as the executive driver of the Ghetto Cruiser. Some people... Think of him as the king of kielbasa. He's also a bouncer. At times we have patients at our office that, that just need to be escorted out by a very large gentleman. And Al fits that role very well. So with that, I'm going to introduce Al. And he's going to uh, help give us a teaser for some upcoming shows and about some things the listeners could look forward to in the future. Well, thank you, doctor. One of the best introductions I've ever had. Um... 
on the show in the future we're looking at many different things um, different sports from all the way to the majors all the way down to the high school level um, how to protect how to just better serve the community and better serve the athletes um, doctor why don't you go on further to tell me about it sure again we talked about professional athletes we're also going to be talking to college athletes uh, recently, I attended a seminar with a gentleman named Preston, who was a gentleman who uh, was playing football at LaSalle University and had what was called second impact syndrome. Not only did he suffer a concussion, but he also suffered uh, cerebral hemorrhage. And the, uh, the dedication of the doctors who treated him and his parents uh, was just incredible. And this really was a gentleman who, who really illustrates the fact that when you have a concussion, you have to rest. You can't just go back in the game. And Preston and his mother are certainly going to be on a future shows. We also are going to be talking to Adam, Adam Taliaferro, who here in our part of the world understand that he is a defensive back who suffered a serious spinal neck injury. We will also be attending a uh, Johns Hopkins seminar, and this will be May 21st. So we, the nice thing about our mobile equipment that we're using now is it fits in a nice suitcase, so I kind of look like a uh, street person carrying this around town. But when we open it up, we, could, we can go mobile on the road. And what I found really is when I go to different universities, the treatment of concussion is so variable, I feel like sometimes I'm treating a different disease. If I go to the University of Pittsburgh... I hear him treating things one way, and I go to Hopkins, it's another way. And what, I, what I'm trying to do for myself and for my patients is to try to develop an algorithmal approach so that we can help go from impact to recovery. And actually, the name of the seminar is Impact to Recovery at Johns Hopkins. We'll be interviewing docs there, trainers, and hopefully there'll be some athletes in attendance. And we'll be also going down to the level of the neuron. The brain is made up of tracks and little cells, and I'm going to try to explain, hopefully in a way that could be understood by most people, what's actually going on when the brain is injured, what happens during a concussion. Next week, we're going to be interviewing Dr. Dr. Cynthia Beer from Wayne State University, and she's on one of my favorite shows called Sports Science. Al, have you seen that show where essentially uh, there is a... uh, they're measuring using graviton and G-forces, and this particular lady has uh, a way of measuring through bimaxillary mouth plates and other things. Exactly the forces are on the brain. So uh, that, is, that is something that will be very interesting to the listeners. Further, as a hockey player myself, I ended my hockey career 10 years ago when I had a uh, neck fracture and I felt like I died and went to heaven. I, I looked up on the ice and I saw Hall of Fame players from the New York Rangers, such as Brad Park, uh, Eddie Gilbert, Rick McLeish, Moose DuPont, Dave Schultz. And uh, after that experience, uh, my own neurosurgeon told me that if I were to play hockey again, it would be a very big risk that I could become paralyzed. And uh, that, uh, that scared me. And that was the last time I... I played, but Keith Primo's career ended not with a neck injury, but with a series of concussions, and he's very active in our area, 
and has a foundation with Kerry Goulet, who played in Germany for 17 years, is a remarkable storyteller and a wonderful guy. And particularly to hear Kerry tell about his concussions. And if you could imagine being in Europe, not speaking the language and having a severe concussion, uh, that certainly would be a nightmare. Also, uh, I would be remiss to not mention my brother, Dr. Uh, the doctor of jurisprudence, who's actually a Cornell lawyer, Douglas Grossinger. Doug founded the uh, National Sports Concussion Program, and he's very active in dealing with, with doctors and also interacting with the National High School Coaches Association in Easton, Pennsylvania. And Doug has interviewed uh, Keith Primo on the air locally here. One of the, uh, Something else that I think we want to talk about is the positioning of our show in the week. It's called the Tuesday Sports Roundup. That means that when there are NFL concussions, they, they usually occur, obviously, during the games, and they will be uh, usually on, on Sundays or Mondays. And basically, uh, we're going to actually look at videos, although this is radio, and we're going to analyze each concussion, and we're going to see exactly what happened and how it could have been prevented. We're also going to analyze, much like we did last year, about the, um, the fines that were given out and, what, and our opinions about whether the concussions or whether the, he- the helmet-to-helmet hits were, re- were really worthy of that. And uh, as a lead to next week, there's a lot of talk about the collective bargaining agreement in the NFL. I wanna, when I talk to Ray Ellis again next week, I want to hear him talk to me about what are the important issues in the stalemate. And one of, the, one of the big things that I'm more concerned about is there are players like Cam Newton who were drafted but have no place to play. And technically, they're under contract and they're bound to be with the team, but yet there's no place to practice and they can't really go anywhere else. And even more importantly, they're non-drafted free agents. And how is that going to be? And I really want to know, we're going to be opening up the show to call-ins. I really like the call-in format. I like answering questions. And um, what I'd like to know when we open it up is, are any fans out there going to stop watching the NFL because of this work stoppage? And we also want to hear the buzz in your area. Again, we're in the Philadelphia area, but we do travel around, and, and I certainly enjoy, uh, enjoy watching football at other stadiums. And we're going to have you know, a national audience basically tell us uh, what their thoughts are about the work stoppage. We want to thank Ray Ellis for attending our show. And again, we want to make sure that you realize that Ray's show comes right on before us. He's basically 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. And that's also 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I understand that, uh, that, that, that our guy Al, I think we're going to call him Silent Bro, so to speak, because his, uh, his, his, uh, his microphone is, is not working here. But I think if you're going to do a first show, you've got to have at least one guy whose microphone doesn't work. And if it were me, it certainly would be monumental about that. So in trying to wrap this up, we're going to go to our uh, – we want to thank everybody for listening across America. I want to thank especially my mom, my wife, and my son. That is our three listeners at this time. And um, in, in my, my daughter, of course, the fourth listener, uh, the other three listeners at my house, which are my three cats, who I'm sure are wagging their tails in unison. 
And uh, as we wrap up the show, uh, we were trying to think of a good motto, and I was, I was talking to my son Spencer last night, and, uh, and this is a motto that we came up with, and uh, this is how I'm going to close my show. When you're out there playing sports, remember to play it safe, but please don't come in second place. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.